people don't always tell you in advance what they want. Okay. And the bottom line is, is when they go for that green sparkly eyeshadow and they look at the makeup artist and you don't have anything green girl, you know, I mean, you can make it up if you have to, but you know, if I love it, I love it. You know, I just keep it and it'll come in handy one day. Somebody's going to want that, you know, lilac hologram eyeshadow <laughs> that I have <laughs> one day. Hey, everybody. Welcome to It Takes a Village. I'm your host, Delina Medhin, and this is the most personal I have ever been. It Takes a Village is a time capsule collection, 10 intimate episodes where I share with you the people that have guided almost every business decision I've made. In 2008, I began my career as a makeup artist, taking on clients in the evenings and weekends, trying to fit it around my nine to five job. And in 2015, I made the I wish it was hard, but I was tired of working for somebody else's decision to quit that corporate job, that corporate six figure job and fully commit to being a self-employed entrepreneur. That's where the roller coaster of finances, belief in myself, and how much I was willing to endure for my dream was really put to the test. When we see social media, we always look at the end result. But this collection is a deep dive into the process. To my aspiring entrepreneurs, this is my open love letter to you. The most important thing I did was to get around like-minded people. People who believe in themselves have the ability to inspire you to believe more in yourself. My dream for you is to develop an unshakable belief in your own ability to win and to identify your own personal village so you can become. Let's get into it. Just to let you know, this is a super casual conversation, so we don't have to like, it's not formal. It's like the same pacing of us talking how we were right before I hit record. Okay. You so I could have came on with my bonnet. Okay. Well, you should have I mean, told me before I got. It's informal conversation, but we want to come ready as if it's like formal presentation. You know what I mean? A little mix, a little authentic. You know, you got to give me details. Uh, mother, I need to know exactly <laughs> what you want. Because you want casual. I could give you casual. How are you? Thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. You are quite <laughs> welcome. I am happy to be here. You know, it's funny. So I had Portia on a couple of weeks ago. And she was telling me how you all met. We reunited at CBS. But we met years ago doing working with Essence. Yes. She said you mm-hmm. almost left her in the car. Random <laughs> <laughs> lies, I see. <laughs> he said I'm going to like, let her tell her story. If that's her narrative, I'm going to let her have that. But as I recall it, she had a little snafu with her luggage at LAX and mother needed to get to the hotel. So, <laughs> <laughs> And mother is you. Mother is me. Um, but the, it was literally our we shared a flight to LAX to do a photo shoot. And um we had the same driver. You know, they sent one car for us since we came on the same flight. And she her they lost her luggage and she had all her hair supplies, all her irons, blow dry, everything in this luggage. And so she was like, you know, she went to the, I I stayed with her while she went to customer service. Okay. And they were like, well, it'll come on another flight. So I was like, okay, well, um, I'm going to take the car, (laughs) have them drop me off at the hotel and I'll send them back for you. And when you get your luggage, you can take the thing. And she was apparently, she, her feelings was hurt that I left her. (laughs) 
Oh, she 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 didn't even remember that you left. She said they said you can't leave until Portia gets in the car and goes with you. Or no, but you left, huh? You were in the you were you were chilling at the hotel. I really don't remember the details. <laughs> I don't. The fact that she refreshed my memory shows that she she was feeling some kind of way about it, and I regret <laughs> that uh, because I adore Portia Waldo. I I truly do. I adore her. So, um, but you know. I was a young diva back in those days. So who knows, <laughs> who, knows who I left behind in my at the airport and <laughs> my travel. Because, you know, the funny thing is in my career, I don't know. I'm, I'm not. I, I always try to be a courteous squad member because you're a team, you know, and you have to for a short moment in time, this is your family and you have to collaborate and create and get along and and make something beautiful. So, you know, you I'm I always strive to leave the attitudes, you know, I always strive to leave the independence and even though I am a lone wolf by nature, um you really that's not really the dynamic of a, a, a team, you know, there's no I in team, so they say. And um, so they say, <laughs> but I'm, you know, I'm, I try to travel alone. I'm not, you know, I, the, if I travel with more than one person, it gets like a school field trip. And I'm just like, mm, I, I, it, it's, it's, I'll work it's okay. on that. You don't, you don't listen. You I don't love you, to. Portia. <laughs> <laughs> love you. <laughs> listen, you know, the reason why I brought that up is because the reason why I know Portia is because of you, right? Mm-hmm. I called you in an emergency. I was like, hey, do you know anybody who could do hair? You were like, call my friend Portia. And that literally kicked off our friendship. And now she lives on the Upper West Side. So I see her all the time. And she's like right. one of my closest friends now. Very good. See how that works out? Bringing people, out? bringing hearts together. That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> I yes, bring people I, together. You do. You do bring people together. So, uh, Manifa, I want to start with like how we met. So we met, I think we officially met at your five-star class, Correct. right? Yeah. That was like, yeah. but did I call you? I want to say I called you. You, you did. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta respect that though, Vanifa, because you are a perfectionist. So I know you were like, oh, she's my kind of girl. Don't try to don't try to loop me into your crazy. No, don't try to <laughs> don't try to corral me into that. She Delina Manning called me. I first of all, okay, my five-star invitations was the most thorough, the most detailed so invitation. The best invitation I've gotten to this date for anything. Oh, well, thank even a, you. Even a wedding. <laughs> it was like a wedding invitation. It had it was. layers. Mm. It was it was layers. It was on beautiful metallic paper. It had, you know, a welcome letter to, you know, get your creative juices flowing and to kind of let you know I was excited about this and and it had the details it had your checklist it had what your objectives would be what to expect rules of protocol catering everything but Delina needed more information (laughs) she wasn't clear so yeah yeah so you stood out from the very beginning because you were one of the few people who I think I had one other phone call in the six classes that I did. I had one other phone call before the class. And that was because she asked me if I should bring, if she should bring her airbrush machine, which is a legitimate question because (laughs) she 
It is because I didn't address airbrushing. And um, she wanted to know if she wanted, if she, and I said, well, let me ask you, when you do your, when you do the workshop, the makeup, do you want the makeup to look like airbrush makeup or do you want to look like conventional makeup? Like you have to think of the photograph, the end result, because airbrush makeup looks different than conventional makeup. And she was a bridal makeup artist and airbrush is fabulous for weddings. But that, uh, besides that, it was only you, my dear. And I don't even remember the question. I just remember saying, oh, she's going to be live. I, I know this. <laughs> she's no. going to be a live one. That is so funny because I've, I've always been that student. I've always been the student where I'm in my teacher's office hours. I go in there and just, you know, I'm always doing that. So I, it just comes so natural to me. And I think you also included your phone number. I think you were like, hey, this is my phone number if you need anything. And I was like, I did. I need something. I did. Of course. She was very needy. And uh, I'm just messing with you. I'm messing with you. You were not needy. I'm messing with you, girl. No, I, I'd rather you ask questions. I love questions because I want to know if I missed anything. You know, I'm, um, we're in this together, right? So if you're not prepared, you're not going to get the right experience. And it's one of those things. My workshop was three days. So I needed you to, to be prepared for all three days and not try to run and go and pick up things and do things in between the classes because I worked, you guys. Y'all were exhausted at the end of the days and I don't think nobody was trying to run and get supplies. So, you know, I really needed you to focus on the classes and I didn't want you to have to want for anything. So it, the more prepared you are, the better the experience will be. So I had no problems with that whatsoever. Thank you for rounding that out. I appreciate that. <laughs> so, so yeah, so I remember meeting you. So I knew that your work was really, was really beautiful. And I knew you were really, I think I researched you on Instagram. And at the time you had Manifa Mondays <laughs> and Manifa Mondays were, was your way of teaching people things. And you had somebody record you as you were moving throughout the world. You remember sometimes that? Sometimes I did. Sometimes right? I so did. Sometimes, yeah. So sometimes you had somebody in the passenger seat, your assistant, and they would be recording. You're like, okay, guys, so it's Manifa Monday. And then you would just go into whatever it is that you wanted to teach. But I could tell from that um, Instagram post or like these, and I think you put it on YouTube too. Did you have a I did. Well? I did have Manifa Mondays on YouTube. It was yeah. on a couple of people's Instagram. Manifa Mondays, I got to tell you, Manifa Mondays was a fluke. It really was. I never intended to do a series, instructional series on, on social media. I'm not quite sure what, how it came about, but I ended up doing like these little teasers, you know, of little things that I thought would be interesting, but wasn't what you would find in your typical Instagram or YouTube tutorial which was very, you know, before and after focus, you know, product review focus, um, demo focus. And it really was more about the makeup and the aesthetic of makeup, but not the, the insider, so to speak, the insider tools of being a makeup artist, how to prepare a kit, what to, you know, how to set up your bags, how to organize your bags, um, tools for uh, hygiene, you know, how to keep a sanitary kit. Um, you know, those things that that's not glamorous, nobody was talking about, you know, how to wash your brushes, 
um, little tricks of the trade, you know, what disposables you should have in your bag. Um, these were things that you didn't get from YouTube and Instagram artists. They was always, you know, <laughs> beat and beat, 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 beat. And, and <laughs> I mean, it was about beating faces. See what I could do on me. See what I could do on her. You know, and <laughs> they was beating faces, but they weren't. They weren't teaching makeup artists how to do other things other than beat faces. Mm. So, um, and to be honest, a lot of that may come from just you know not knowing, um, not having the exposure to the boring. Um, you know, academics of it, I guess. Um, but that's, you know, I'm a geek in that way. I, I'm not just about, you know, I mean, a lot of people can paint faces, but a lot of people don't understand how to keep your kit sanitary. Um, you know, how to organize a kit so you work quickly and um, effectively. And, you know, when you have 30 minutes to do that face, you know, you took four hours to do that YouTube tutorial. But in the real world, you don't have four hours to be the face. Um, and a lot of it is not just speed in your hand. It's also, you know, speed in your setup and knowing what to pull out in advance and knowing how to organize and keep the flow of thought and not overthink the face. But, you know, having those instinctual um, um, the, the the instinct to go to the next step, you know, it, all this sitting and pondering and what should I do? What should I do? Eats up time. So, you know, those are the things that I, I, I kind of like to share about because I'm a geek and nobody's talking about it. And if everyone's going right, Manifa's always going to go left. So that's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> I never follow the herd, never follow the herd. So it was very helpful. I remember reading it, but I also remember realizing I was like, Manifa does not play. I need to come in here serious, ready to do everything, like learn and 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 be focused, you know? And when you came in and you were teaching, you had paper like thick. It was like thick. And you had a packet and you were like, okay, everybody, let's start with page number one. And it was like you were going through this lesson like a curriculum. And yes. I've never really seen an artist teach like that before and yes. even still I don't even really know any artists who teach like that they just kind of go okay everybody we're gonna do this and then they just start talking from memory or yes. from like what they think yours was so organized to be honest Manifa I mean if you brought that class back <laughs> I think my audio is out let me check my computer because you said something crazy <laughs> One, two, three, a microphone check. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not adverse to the class. I'm not adverse to the class. I I really secretly love teaching to be, if I really want to be honest about it and, you know, stop perpetrating like y'all are pain in the necks. I really love teaching. I love seeing those, the, I love hearing the ahs and the oohs. You know, when I say something, the car is like, whoa, oh, ow, ooh, girl, you know, say that again. I need to write that down. I love that. I love 
being in a room with creative people and light bulbs going off that that tickles me you know i get excited for things like that you know again i'm a geek i don't i don't get excited about the normal things you know the ahs and the oohs and the feedback and seeing you know how you progress you know from the morning into the evening you know and 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 the feedback afterwards i love it i love teaching i can't deny it however that being said it's a production, at least the way I teach. I'm not sitting in front of the class doing a demo and say, y'all got it? Okay, now run me my money. <laughs> you know, like that's, I want the experience, I want to give the experience that I want to, that I would want to have if I was in the class. And the experience that I would want to have requires three days at least. A lot of my feedback was, can we have more days? But, um, at least three days because you need one day for theory and you need at least two days for hands-on because you need to work with different faces and, and different art direction. And that requires, you know, a lot of production and, and especially models and models was not hard up and was, I'm sorry, models. You love models. We love our models, but they are not easy to wrangle. And, trying to get models who were cooperative, who were not just cooperative, but wanted to be there, you know, and had the patience to allow someone to work on them. Um, that, that was difficult. It was a challenge. And only one instance where I had only one model not show on me out of six classes, but to this day, I feel like that student was, you know, kind of like, you know, like the last person picked on the kickball team, like, you know, they eventually did get to do their face because one of the models who, you know, was assigned to another artist did say, I'll stay longer and I'll let her work on me, which is, you know, was a godsend. Um, but I had no control over that. I can book the model. I can double check with the agent. I can confirm, reconfirm, double confirm. I can feed them. You know, I can show them. I had great photographers, you know, who, and, and I gave a personal guarantee that your, your pictures, or you're going to be able to use your pictures, even if the artist does a makeup that you don't feel is comfortable or suitable, I will come in and do what I have to do to bring the face to camera ready. You will get great pictures by the end of the workshop. That is a struggle. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I, I, I don't want to spend the night before a class calling models and making sure that they're not going to dip on me. You know, it's a, it's a negative energy. It's kind of, you know, like expecting the worst, you know, and I don't, I don't want to have those expectations. So if I did it, I would have to pay models to get them motivated to be there right? and commit. And that means I would have to increase the price of the class and it doesn't make it necessarily, you know, financially feasible for a lot of people. If I raise the price of the class, I want it to be reasonable. It's a lot of things. It, it, it affects everything. So, yeah. you know, the models were volunteer. So, you know, um, the only thing they got was pictures for their time. So I don't know a, a, a five star 2021 would be, would have to be on another level. I would need to have some help and somebody, you know, helping me with the production like Power of Beauty. They help with the models. 
Oh, nice. So then that made it just super, super easy. It made it super easy. For me to just focus on the teaching of it and not the production of it, if that makes sense. It was a lot. It was a lot for me. I can understand that. I mean, you're a gifted teacher, so hopefully it does come back around in terms of like something that makes sense. Because I think that there's like the interest, but then there's also like, does it make sense for me right now in my timeline, what I'm trying to do in my life, you know? Like, I mean, I feel like you're never, I mean, you're always teaching, you know, to be honest, makeup artists, we're always learning, you know, mm -hmm. we're always a work in progress. You never come to a point where you can't learn anything and you never come to a point where you can't teach anything. Um, But in an organized setting, I'm I'm referring to more of like the actual production side, you know what I mean? Because to put together is, is, is a commitment of time, you know? And so, you know, every time I worked with you as an assistant, um, you know, I always learned something. So you were always teaching me, you know, what, what was happening. You remember when I worked with you on that essence shoot, there was like a, there was, I was assisting you on a shoot for assets. Do you remember? <laughs> My mem- honey, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm an old girl. <laughs> I'm an, I'm an, I'm a golden girl. I've done a lot of essence shoots. I've had a lot of assistants. You have to refresh my memory. Wow. Was it something specific? Can you tell me that we were working on that? Would jump my memory? Shoot. No, I don't think it would. You would remember because it was a beauty shoot. And I just remember being like, I was very, I just remember I was excited to be there because I was like, we're not working on more than multiple models. Is that yeah, why you, you were there? Like, yeah. You had like three models that day and they had, okay. I think two different setups. They were shooting beauty and fashion that day. Fashion was over on one side. Beauty was on the other. And they were trying to figure out lighting and it was taking forever. And you were like, Okay, we're gonna take the model and we're gonna keep we're gonna keep working on this until y'all are ready to shoot. <laughs> well, uh, to be honest, that sounds um I think I vaguely remember that because that is not status quo at Essence magazine. Right. I mean, these, you know, uh, listen, I, I was I was part of the Mickey Taylor um, you know, era. And how was this, that? Taylor is just, she's just a oracle of fashion and beauty. Just listening to Mickey Taylor talk about the vision for the shoot, I could listen to her all day. Like, like I remember one time she gave me a lipstick and it was a, I'm, I'm dating myself. It was an Iman lipstick. And it was called Jaguar. Okay. And I had Jaguar and she, she said, you know, I want something chocolatey, you know, but not reddish. And I said, Oh, let me pull out my Jaguar. I think this is what you want, Mickey. And she said, "Mm, let me show you what more I mean. She pulled out her own Jaguar. She actually had it. And, but it was older because, you know, it was her personal and it had oxidized. And, you know, when makeup oxidizes, it gets a little darker. It gets a little matter. And she was like, I want a little bit more of an oxidized version. And I it was like, who is this woman who, you know, like has such attention to detail that she wants an oxidized version of the Jaguar lipstick. Like it was just, you know, I, but I, I, I sucked that up because I'm a detail flower. Like I live off of details. The more that I know, the more that I, you know, because I can see what you're seeing and 
And she and I just spoke another language. Anything she's, I got her. I got her. And she was just a very um, instrumental person as far as helping me with seeing art direction. I really understood what makes um, a cover with, with Mickey Taylor. Mm. I understood it. I understood the energy that needed to be in the cover. I learned about great photog- great photographs from photographers, but picking, you know, selecting the pho- the photograph that's going to be the cover is a is a different skill set. You know, you have to market, you have to sell a message with one image, not a story. And the picking of the colors of the masthead and everything and the graphics that you're going to have on the side, the copy, it's all factored in. And I just learned so much about editorial from her, you know, um, I can can go on and on on a whole other talk show about Mickey Taylor, but if you ever have the joy and the blessing to work with her, clean your ears out the night before, because you're going to learn something, you know, and she just has a joyful disposition and she's very articulate and you know, she'll say things like, I just want a kiss of something cinnamon, Manifa, on your on her eyes. And I'm like, a kiss is coming up, Mickey. You know, yeah. <laughs> a kiss of something. You know, I just love that, you know. Um, but that that to me is the reason why great makeup artists are who they are is because of the details. And she made me a better makeup artist. She really did. You are one of the most detail-oriented artists. And I feel like because I went, I mean, just going back to like your class, but also the way that you teach, even when I've assisted you, you're so specific about what it is that you want. And it's something from even like the shape of the lip. You know what I mean? You're like, Mm -hmm. oh, it needs to be turned up a little bit more, or it needs to be, well, you don't want to fill in the brow so much that you don't have any space Mm -hmm. or like those kinds of things where it's, it's almost like this illusion of like no makeup and makeup at the same time, time. Mm-hmm. right? So yeah. yeah, so I really learned, um, I learned that with you. And I also learned things like what to prioritize, like doing skin first. So even if you got to throw on a lash and a lip, honey, they are done. <laughs> you remember that? Well, it depends on the skin. It depends on the skin. Because if the skin is as many mountains to climb, then you got to, you know, yeah, do that first. But if the skin is really like, you know, in great condition, you know, I, I, I'll do eyes first, you know, I, I change it up. It's just whatever's sitting in the chair, you know, mm-hmm. you know me, girl, I have to know what I'm doing. I, I don't want to waste time thinking about the best way to approach it. I just want to know instinctively. So I have my little tricks that I fall on. I have my pillars that I lean on. Wink, yes, wink. Mm-hmm. My little pillars. And you, you have, <laughs> and you have one of, one of the biggest, like, you have a really big kit, especially for a New York artist, Manifa. Because, and you know what's funny is because I, because of you, I feel very comfortable. I have a big kit too. People are always looking at me like, sis. And I'm like, but if you want sparkly green eyeshadow, I have it. I have it. I have it. So, and that, you know, there's nothing wrong with being prepared. It gets to the point where, I do have a a problem with collecting things. I'm not going to front, you know, like I, I tend to be a collector and just in my home life. Like I have so many wooden spoons in my kitchen. My husband's like, uh, you don't need, a, I have wooden ladles. I have wooden forks, but I realized that at some point it got, it got tiring to carry a lot of things. I still, I still have a hard time letting things go, 
Because people don't always tell you in advance what they want. Okay. And the bottom line is, is when they go for that green sparkly eyeshadow and they look at the makeup artist and you don't have anything green girl, you know, I mean, you can make it up if you have to, but you know, if I love it, I love it. You know, I just keep it and it'll come in handy one day. Somebody's going to want that, you know, lilac hologram eyeshadow <laughs> that I have <laughs> one day. I feel like kids are like, your kitchen, you know, you can tell a lot about a person's kitchen, you know, by how it's stocked and, and, and not just the pantry and the fridge, but the tools of the trade. You can tell the amateurs from, you know, not just necessarily chefs, but the person who really could throw down. You, if you got one spoon and one frying pan and, and one size pot, then you ain't really doing no cooking. And I know we're going to order takeout. So <laughs> I just, you know. I just feel like tools are our friends, you know, options are our friends. I'm all about an option. And if you, if you're like me and I think you are where you are, listen, I can do any kind of skin in any condition at any age. You have to have the products for that because the concealer you're going to use on a golden girl is not going to be the same concealer you would use on a 20 year old. So Mm -hmm. You have to have the shades of the spectrum of complexion. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean, you know, 52 of one shade and three or four of, you know, some ancillary shades. You know, I mean, an equal amount of shades that you can work with and at least get what you need to get out of those basic shades. It's, it's not necessarily the shades. It's really the undertones, too. So that's another talk show, but you just got to make sure you have enough of everything. That's all. And I'd rather have too much than not a little, you know, than, than the too little, you know. In terms of like young makeup artists that are looking to become, you know, uh, better. You know that moment when you're doing makeup and you might, it might be a side hustle. Okay. And then it goes to the main hustle. Okay. And you're like, now I am a makeup artist and you're like claiming it and you're doing it. Like, what do you think is the biggest change? Like mentally, like spiritually, emotionally, like, wow. what yeah. do you think? You yeah. got to make that distinction because it's always mental first. It's mm-hmm. always about how you feel about yourself. And so the first thing come to mind is confidence. Confidence. How do you feel about doing makeup? Are you eager to do makeup or are you dreading the anxiety around doing makeup or you can't wait to get in someone's face. You're just looking for anybody willing to sit down for an hour and just let me play with them. You know, let me experiment on them. It's your confidence. And you know, if you're confident or not by the energy that you have behind it, if you're dreading or you have performance anxiety, you're not confident. Um, If you don't, if you don't shop for your kit, like it's an investment because you realize it's coming down the road. It will manifest. You, you don't have confidence. If you're like, well, when I make it, I'll invest in that. And that's not how it is. You have to be and feel and do as you are. You know, my mother used to t- say this to me. She says, what you are, you are now becoming. What you are now, rather, what you are now, you are becoming. So it's not when I get there, it's I am this now and the everything else will 
follow. It will manifest. You have to feel it now in order for the physical, the hearing, the tasting, the eyes, the five senses to see it. But you have to feel it here and you have to feel it in here. So if you have that performance anxiety, then you don't feel confident. If you feel like you're not going to invest and buy expensive things for your kid because you're like, well, I'm not really doing anything like that that would warrant that kind of expenditure of money, then you, you don't have the confidence. You don't you don't expect it to come. So you have it's a mental it's a mental test and what you you get what you expect. I believe in that. I really do believe in that. And we and we've talked a lot about like manifestation, like being in like the vortex of like understanding what you want is very possible in terms of manifestation, but do you really believe that it's possible? Mm-hmm. Like those mm-hmm. kinds of like that to me is equated to confidence. Absolutely. And then, and even in belief, you can take it to another, there's levels to this. Okay. Yeah, you can take it hey, to another level. <laughs> let's okay. You, you can believe two. something, but level two is knowing it. You can, believing and knowing is two different energies. It's like, I believe the sky is blue or do I know the sky is blue? Sit on that for a minute. Sitting. so there is another level of belief you know and then once you know it's i i know the sun rises in the east or in when i wake up in the morning i expect it there that's why i have everything set up for my morning meditation facing east because i expect the sun to come up on the east it never fails so that's another level of just knowing too. The expecting it, the putting the money on it. This is, I'm placing my bet on this because it is coming through. That expectation is another level. So another thing when you talked about how, how do you change your mindset and the mental and the spiritual of, you know, dabbling in makeup or it being a side hustle into, you know, developing into a real full-time career is also, you know, knowing your worth and and feeling like you have what it takes to go out there and put yourself out there and claim yourself as a makeup artist. And now I'm not talking about claiming titles because there's a lot of people who claim titles and they haven't really gotten to that point yet. But what I'm talking about is when someone approaches you and they're like, girl, I got $50 for you. Can you do my face? And you know you have a $250 B. Being able to stand on your, your, your worth and say, I would love to help you, but that's just not my price range. I, I don't go below $250 for my service. And be willing to walk away from that. And step out on that, you know, um, I don't have to bend and yield and accept less than I know that I'm worth. Because a lot of makeup artists, they don't need, they're scared to negotiate that money. You know, they're scared to ask for what they want. They're scared to, you know, walk away. And, you know, it, and I don't want to put that out there without qualifying that a little bit because you know people's like you know girl bye you know <laughs> you know <laughs> you, you broke don't you know you know they get real shenanay you know the neck starts moving and the eyes start going you know beatboxing <laughs> you know girl please okay uh, you know 
If you ain't got no money, just say that. You know, you broke, just say that. You know, they can get indignant. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying, I'm saying, get indignant. What I'm saying is, okay, because because you can still be a very accomplished, very high end makeup artist and still do something at an editorial rate. Because the compensation that you're getting, for those of us of your listeners who may not understand, let me qualify editorial rate. Editorial tends to pay a couple of hundred dollars for a full day's work. Whereas if you were hired by an actor or you know um, a corporation, you could get into much more money, even thousands. It just depends on the job. But they are doing the top A-list people in the world, working for all the biggest companies and cosmetic brands. But if, you know, Essence Magazine or Vogue or somebody called them and said, we got $200 for you to do this shoot, (laughs) people are running to, you know. (laughs) Throwing stuff in the bag. Yes, I'm available. Well, it's still on the phone, you know. Yes, who? Because you're getting the experience and you're getting the tear sheet. Well, you know, I don't even know if tear sheets are what they were. They were people people still care. People still care. Okay, they care. Okay. Yeah, because it it translates into big campaign work, right? Fair enough. Okay. You can get I wasn't sure. Oh no, you can definitely you can finagle that into getting, you know, huge campaigns, beauty campaigns, fashion campaigns. So yeah. Okay. So the so the so the so the um the goal is is still to be published uh, in a printed publication. I, be- okay. I believe so. Yeah. I okay. Believe so. Okay. You know, because the social media thing is you know is a whole different you know it's circus. A whole world. It's a yeah. whole different world. So you know, it's all about followers and how many followers you have, and you couldn't have not one of your pictures ever printed in published and nothing, not even TV guide, and you still are you know the beauty master of the universe <laughs> you know? and, and okay. a multi multi-millionaire basically want to talk to you and they want right. to know you it's it's changed it's wild it's changed. so i have to check in with the you know with the with the next generation and make sure is it still the you know the standard to be published around here you know just check it asking for a friend so you know i feel like with the editorial you know you're willing to do that because you're going to get the tear sheets and you're going to get your name published and exposure um, but if, you know, a wedding or a friend or somebody or even, you know, a photographer would approach you and it's well, you know, below, you have to, you know, consider what is the other form of compensation. It's not always money. So your value is not just tied up in what your actual rate is going to be, but the compensation could be in other forms like exposure, like networking. I can't tell you how many relationships I got from doing freebie or on spec work. One of my earliest clients that I really felt like I was doing something, you know, um, I got from an on spec job with the photographer and the photographer was hired to do um, photographs with this up and coming um, singer because he went on spec with the record label. And he asked me to contribute my hand on spec because he was doing this job on spec. And if I had turned it down and was like on spec, not paid, what you know, that was Alicia Keys. Hmm. And I made a nice coin with Alicia in the early days. So 
you know, I had a nice run with that. That was because I was willing to work with a photographer for free while he was trying to submit his work to a record label for free. And she and I hit it off and we stayed in touch for many years. So it was one of the things that you cannot put a dollar value on every job you do because you don't Mm -hmm. know what the other compensation will be. That's such that's such an important thing to know. And that also goes, in my opinion, with trusting your gut, Mm -hmm. you know, like because no one can really guide you as a freelance artist. It's like, you know, you're in the ocean sometimes, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, So for me, like something I try to do is I try to reach out to people who know more than me. You're somebody who knows, you know what I mean? You have experience. So I might be like, hey, Manifa, like, what do you think about this? Or what do you think about that? And then vice versa, right? Like you ask me questions about social media and things Mm -hmm. like, what's happening with the kids? (laughs) I got to check in. Got to check in with the kids. So, you know, I mean. But for me, as a mentor, you have been that person for me so that I could lean on and figure things out. And it started from paying attention to the details when you're in, you know, now when I'm doing a shoot, whether it's a test shoot or if it's an editorial or if it's with a celebrity client, whoever it is, I'm in the camera. I'm always paying attention to the light. I always make sure that, you know what I mean, that my client looks good. And I'm very like to the point where sometimes before they start shooting Manifa, they look at me. Instead of the direct approval, right? Yes. They're like, is the yes, good? and I'm like, yeah. They're like, yes, and then they then they go, honey. You know, I go on a set. On a, I, there's numerous times I go on a set correcting the lighting and the photography and the camera angles. I'm like, don't you see that hot spot over there? Don't you see that hot spot over there? Can we put an eggshell on? Can we put an egg crate on that, please? Can we get some filters over here? And I say it in a very polite, collaborative way. But the bottom line is my client is the person who's paying me. Right. Not the cameraman, not the director, not the photographer. So if my client's not looking their best and I see that because the client doesn't see, have the, the, the fortune to be able to see it through the, either the camera lens or see it on the on the actual television monitor that they have. So they're relying on me to check that and make sure, especially women of color, make sure that they're being lit because you don't know if people are color conscious. You know, um, there's a new word that I'm learning. I'm picking up from a, a Vaseline commercial. They're calling it color competent, I think it is. Oh. I was like. I'm going to write that down. When they look bold, you know, bummy and sweaty, like they was just frying a plant, a pan of chicken. Where was the makeup artist? What did she see? You know, what was she thinking? They, they're in the shadows. What, you know, she looks dark and it's like, you know, the contour is too heavy. No, they weren't lit correctly. There's a difference. So it's a collaboration, not just me and the hair and the wardrobe, but the lighting and the and the director of photography and the camera angles. And if I'm working with someone who needs to, you know, sit up a certain way or they need to lift their face or something needs to be adjusted, I will speak up. But in love, you know, you got to say it with love because people Always. get sensitive. Always. You know. Really quickly, but mm-hmm. you have a uh, glam kitty. And I want to talk just really briefly about Glam Kitty because it it was a really dope idea and you have had it now for how many years? Four Four years years now? Mm -hmm. Yeah, four years. So can you share where people can get Glam Kitty and what it is? Sure. 
Um, Glam Kitty at glamkitty.com and it's glam, K-I-T-T-I.com. Not Y, it's an I. It's a kit, not a cat. Glam Kitty is basically a touch-up kit. It's a touch-up kit that I created out of need to be able to leave a sample-sized amount of makeup that I used on a client with them whenever I had to depart or, you know, they had to be in a situation to touch up their own face. As makeup artists, we're not always there to be able to provide our own touch-ups. So whether they're traveling or they're in a secure event, um, you know, where like the White House, where you couldn't always follow your client or it's a wedding, you know, you need something to be able to leave them without having to give away your good powder compacts and your good lip glosses. So I just, I, you know, it was, it was a, a labor of love and um, I created it, you know, just really out of need. So it's very light. It's disposable, compact. It fits in the palm of your hand and I appreciate you letting me share about it. But Glam Kitty is also on Instagram, Glam Kitty. Glam, K-I-T-T-I dot com. Thank you for being here. You're very welcome. Anytime. Um, I truly, I truly am so proud of you and always thinking, oh, you know, what a little, she was a little bird in my hand. <laughs> she was a little tweety bird. And how you have just blossomed and grown into yourself and and done such wonderful things and made such, you know, progress. Um, you know, my mom used to, my mom was an attorney and she said, you know, Manifa, the sign of a great lawyer is they make other great lawyers. So your greatness is just makes me feel validated of my greatness. So I'm just always so proud to see you and so humble that you even think to think of me and to, you know, corral me in your, your chronicles. And I just want to say thank you. Like you have so many gems. You have all the gems. Honestly, I've learned so much from you. And I feel like I lean into my confidence because I know that I have been taught by the best, right? That's also part of it is investing in, you know, investing in being with you and learning from you and then also having a chance to assist you and watch how you work a room and all of that has made me like a more confident artist so thank you love you love you too sweetie talk okay. soon talk soon bye, bye. Thank you so much for listening to It Takes a Village. Be sure to check out the show notes for more details on how to follow and connect with Manifa Mortis. It Takes a Village was produced by Tani Productions. The team includes Britt Robbins, Delisha Dixon, and Maria Verhel Dejos. Our theme music is by B. Nick. If you like this conversation, subscribe right now so you don't miss our next episode coming to you very soon. Follow us on Instagram at Delina Medhin Presents, where you'll see and hear more clips from the podcast that didn't make it into the episode. And follow me at Delina Medhin. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll talk to you soon.